welcome back to Shop Talk. I know it's been quite a while since I've done an actual full-length episode, but I do have to say I've been enjoying uh, the daily scripture and prayer. So hopefully you're getting some stuff out of it. Uh, I know I certainly am. It's just good to start your day in the Word and uh, to to be praying. So I'm happy to do that with you. But today, uh, I thought we would go ahead and discuss kind of governing authority and and all that that and how, what's described in the Bible since we just recently had an election. Um, to start with, I think I think it's important to kind of talk about really what America is. Uh, I've heard a lot, and I will say that obviously I've acknowledged in the past that I get a lot of my information from. Uh, one kind of one side and so admittedly I, maybe I'm wrong and maybe somebody is saying some of this stuff somewhere else but I've heard a lot of that our democracy is under threat uh, this election cycle and while that's not totally a bad description of what we are it's not really what we are either so it is true that we are a part of the western democracies western society uh, another name for what we, the type of government that we have would be a representative democracy. Um, and and while that's all true, the, the most accurate is, is a constitutional republic. Uh, and when you look at our style of government versus any other style of government, uh, there's, there's definite differences. Um, obviously, the first and foremost, you know, we, we do vote, we hold elections uh, and, that's not all that uncommon. That's where the Western democracy comes into play, uh, you know. But other democracies, they don't they don't have some of the things that we have. Now, I know, like in Israel, when they are voting, they actually get representation based on the percentage of vote. So, you know, if you get ten percent of the vote, you have ten percent of the representatives within their legislative body will actually be. Uh, that particular party. They also have more parties than what we have. Uh, and, and I don't know that that's such a bad thing. Um, sometimes our two-party system can be kind of a drag. But uh, with us, the biggest difference is, you know, we have the Senate and we have the House of Representatives. So I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, uh, you know, and give you a history lesson or anything. But obviously, uh, the Senate you get each state gets two representatives, so we have a hundred representatives. Uh, in the House of Representatives, uh, we we get the number based on our population. So there's 435 total, and then each state. So obviously, the bigger states with more population have more representatives. And this was really groundbreaking on on a way to do things, and because it. And they split up powers differently also. So that was able to make sure that even the small states had equal representation when it came to the Senate, and the big states still had a little more representation when it came to the House. Um, the crazy part is, is originally when they set up the House, it was actually supposed to be, George Washington really wanted one representative for every 30,000 people. He ultimately settled on one representative for every 50,000 people. So you can imagine nowadays uh, we have 330 plus million people here. You can imagine we'd have 
a lot of representatives. It actually would end up being like over 6,600 representatives in the House of Representatives. So that sounds really wild. But the idea was that the House would continue to grow as our population grew. And what this would accomplish is essentially you would have uh, somebody running from your neighborhood. You would actually know them. This would help to uh, get the average people to, to run um, instead of having career politicians because you constantly have to be adding more people. Now, eventually it, it got permanently capped at 435 uh, because originally it, it was not 435. It, it just continued to grow until it reached that number. And then I, I unfortunately don't have it in front of me, but one of the presidents basically said, no, nah, we're, this is it. We're done. We're capping it at 435. And so ever since, as our population has grown, we actually have less and less representation by our uh, representatives. So I just thought that's really interesting on how they initially planned on doing this. Uh, and of course, the other thing that, that maybe a lot of people don't like to admit anymore is that we were very, very much so based on Judeo-Christian values. And in fact, um, this, listen to this from John Adams. It says, The Declaration of Independence laid the cornerstone of human government upon the first precepts of Christianity. That was John Adams who wrote that. So, you know, it, the other thing is to have a, a, a good government, uh, we, we really should go on to the morals of God and the Bible. So listen to this from, from William Penn. It says, if, if we are not governed by God, then we will be ruled by tyrants. And that was from, like I said, William Penn. So it's... It's very difficult when you start getting into giving authority and power to men, to humans. It's very difficult as a fallen being for us not to take advantage of that power, not to strive to continue to grow that power and to stay in power. And you certainly see that in our uh, politics today. You know, politicians were never supposed to be a career uh, job. You know, it, Originally, they were actually only supposed to receive per diem uh, when they were in session. So, of course, nowadays we know that they make fairly decent money. I think uh, the how if you get Speaker of the House or Senate Majority Leader, I think you get it's like at least two hundred fifty thousand a year for life. Uh, so, and look, there there's probably more to it nowadays than it was back then. However. Sometimes I wonder why why do we continually add laws? I mean, laws have never actually saved any anybody. I mean, if if the law could save someone, Jesus wouldn't have had to come and die for us. Because we can never actually fulfill the law. So you just keep adding this is what the Jewish people did. They just continued to add laws and add laws and add laws and trying to be more and more perfect by adding more and more laws, and ultimately they just failed more and more. Uh, and certainly we, we tend to be doing that here in America. So if you get to some of the scripture that, that discusses some of the authority and governments, I have nine different sections here, so I'll go ahead and read through some of them. Uh, this, this first one, it comes from Daniel 2, verse 21. 
It says he changes the times and seasons. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. So, you know, the other day in the daily scripture, I I discussed how God ultimately gives authority to whoever's in charge. And this is, again, stating that same thing, that he removes kings and he establishes kings. And ultimately, any wisdom that there is to have, he gives it to us, whether we want to acknowledge him for that or not. Um, So then you have Proverbs 19.21. And it says, Many plans are in a person's heart, but the Lord's decree will prevail. So ultimately, look, politics are crazy right now. America's gone kind of nuts. So we're very divided very polarized, and we all have certain plans that we really want to put into place. But ultimately, in the end, the Lord's decree will prevail. So his will is what's ultimately going to come come through. Right now, we have a hard time seeing that. It's seeing the divisiveness that is out there from both sides. It's it's really hard to imagine uh, things getting better or his will being any part of this. But He's got a plan, and we got to trust it. <clears throat> and that's that's really a hard thing to do sometimes. And it just seems like things continue to get a little more and a little more out of control. But ultimately, we just got to continue to trust. So we have another one, John 19, verse 11. This is when Jesus is... Um, this is when he's kind of being... He's in front of Pilate, and he's kind of on trial. And, and, you know, obviously as as humans sitting here in the situation, they they would, why wouldn't they think that they have authority over him? They they, they have the authority to kill him. This is what, you know, Pilate basically said. He wanted to know why he wouldn't say anything. Don't you realize that I can, I have the authority to have you put to death? And Jesus said, uh, you would have no authority over me at all, Jesus answered him, if it hadn't been given you from above. This is why the one who handed me over to you has the greater sin. So he's he's stating right there that, look, you would not be able to kill me. You wouldn't have the authority to kill me if it hadn't been given to you from above. If God hadn't given you that authority, you wouldn't be able to touch me. And, of course, we know that's true. They certainly didn't at the time, though. So here's Job 12, 23 through 25. And it says, He makes nations great, then destroys them. He enlarges nations, then leads them away. He deprives the world's leaders of reason and makes them wander in the trackless wasteland. They grope around in darkness without light. He makes them stagger like a drunkard. So again, it's just showing that authority that God has over our leaders in this world. <clears throat> and we continue on and we have 1 Peter 2 chapter 2 verses 15 and 7 15 through 17 for it is God's will that you silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good submit as free people not using your freedom as a cover up for evil but as God's slaves Honor everyone, love the brothers and sisters, 
fear God, honor the emperor. So, of course, with them being under Roman control, they had an emperor. And so this is essentially the same thing as telling us, look, you don't have to agree with the president. You don't have to like the president. But you have to honor him. You don't honor him above God. But you don't disrespect him either. He does have authority. He wouldn't have made it there without God, whether he wants to acknowledge God or not. Um, so also, you know, we, we have a lot of freedoms here in the U.S. And this particular freedom that he's talking about is more of the Christian freedom. They're free from a lot of the Jewish law. I mean, it, Jesus came to basically overthrow the law. Uh, I, I, sh- I don't even know that overthrow is the right word per se, but he he lifted that from us. He He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled all the prophecies. And so now we're under a new covenant. Um, and, and that's where I just freedom here that it's talking about is not necessarily the same freedom uh, that we're talking about here in America. But at the same time, we, we, we do have a lot of freedoms. It's just like we have a lot of freedom of speech. You have the right to say some very stupid things. And some very hateful things. Uh, that doesn't mean that you should use that right. Does that make sense? So, you know, just because you have the ability to say something or do something, it doesn't mean that it's to your benefit or anybody else's benefit. So, yeah, you know, I know that's not the freedoms that it's discussing here, but it is something to good to keep into mind. So, uh, make my way to. Romans here. I'm flipping back and forth in the Bible, so it takes me a little bit of time. <clears throat> and of course, my cat likes to jump on the table while I'm recording, so that's always lovely. Uh, but Romans 13.1. And this says... Oh, hold on. Oh, here we go. Sorry, I had another verse underlined here. Romans 13.1 So let everyone submit to the governing authorities, since there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are instituted by God. So again, we get in this point that nothing that's in control of us is without God's supervision. doesn't mean that they're always listening to God. I, I think that's very clear, especially nowadays. People that come to power don't really care that much for God. They certainly don't want to listen to him, but ultimately, God's still there. He's in control. They might go against him for a while, but he'll have the final say. So then we move on to Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people, knowing that you will receive the reward of an inheritance from the Lord. You serve the Lord Christ. So again, and I I know some of this stuff seems kind of repetitive that I'm saying, but it's it's repetitive in the Bible, which means we need to pay attention. We need to listen to this and pay attention to it. It does not matter who's in charge as far as your human as so to speak masters. You're you're the authority that's here on earth. Ultimately, the authority you need to worry about is God. And so 
no matter what you're doing, you need to do it in a way that's going to honor God. If that means that maybe making somebody who's not the greatest person or maybe on the other side of the political aisle, it kind of makes them look good just because you're doing the right thing. It doesn't mean that you don't do the right thing. You still always do the right thing as though you are working directly for the Lord because you are. So with that in mind, look at Romans eight twenty-eight, and we we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Again, that doesn't mean that we get out of struggles. It doesn't mean that things are going to go always our way. It means that God can take any situation, no matter how poor it is, and ultimately make something good come out of it that will benefit us. Whether we learn a lesson, we get some strength, uh, we build our courage, we build on our knowledge, uh, no matter what, he's he's got something in mind that's going to help us. And my final final verse here, is Second uh, Timothy 2, verses 24 through 25. The Lord's servant must not quarrel, must, not, <clears throat> must be gentle to everyone, able to teach, and patient. We certainly don't see that nowadays in politics, do we? Continuing on. Instructing his opponents with gentleness, perhaps God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. Now the truth here once again, is Jesus. Jesus is the truth. We need, this is the same thing that many have said when it, when it comes to whether it's gay marriage or this trans movement or uh, abortion, you know, any of these hot topic, you know, hot button issues. We have the truth, but that does not mean that you bash somebody over the head with it. That You're not going to win anybody over with that. Because ultimately, it doesn't matter who these people are or what they've done. God still loves them. He still died for them. And so in, or, in, in order to ever have a chance at getting them onto our side, we can't sit there and just chastise them. And just throw names at them and hate at them, even if they're doing it to us. I know right now uh, abortion's a huge issue. It was a very large topic in this upco- in this recent election. And look, I have my opinions on it, my my beliefs on it. Ultimately, because of my faith, you're not going to change my mind on it. But that doesn't mean I'm going to come at you in a hateful way if you seem to think a little differently than me. Uh, I don't. I don't think that's healthy. Uh, it doesn't solve anything. It just is going to make you dig your heels in deeper if I tell you you're wrong. Well, you have reasons that you believe the way you believe. I have reasons I believe the way I believe. And unless I can relay those reasons in a gentle and knowledgeable way, in a convincing way, you're not going to change your mind. And if you're not going to change your mind because I, I'm i not approaching it properly, then that's on me, not you. So we just, 
America is such a unique and wonderful place. And, and lately, things aren't looking the greatest. Uh, this last election, I know a lot of people anticipated, they call it a red wave, that the Republicans were going to really uh, take hold and get power in both the House and the Senate. It doesn't seem to appear like it's going to be that way. And they might take might take the House uh, maybe the Senate, but it's really not looking, not looking like it. Um, you know, in the past, I think it was a very good thing to have maybe a split. But in the past, we used to be able to come across the aisle and work together. And that's an old saying, and that's an old way of doing things. Right now, the ideas from both sides are, in my opinion, particularly one side, is so far out there that we, we just can't find middle ground. And in you can't have only one side trying to make middle ground either and because it, it just doesn't work. And right now neither side is willing to work with the other side. Uh, and ultimately the problem, one of the biggest problems is – when it comes to politics, there's way too much money involved in it. You've and and you've got money that can come in from anywhere in the country, and so you've got California spending a ton of money, you know, and whether it's Iowa or Kentucky or Alabama, whatever, and maybe Texas is spending all kinds of money in certain areas, Ohio or whatever. To me, that's wrong. To to me. Again, it's like when you go back to what Washington originally wanted, one representative for every 30,000 people. And I, I know I said he he compromised and ended up settling on one representative for every 50,000. I, I guarantee you he didn't think that we'd be trying to buy seats in other states. I know this is common practice now, but what's really sad to me is politician is synonymous with corrupt you know, when you think of a politician, you, you rarely think of something positive. It's always negative. You look at the way we handle politics. There's nobody out there that runs a totally clean campaign on either side. There's every skeleton you have. If you run for politics gets dredged up. Look, we're sinful people. We have a past, but you can change. But it makes some of the best people who would run for office never will. Because why? Why have your life ruined when you're all you're trying to do is help the country or help maybe it's your city or wherever? Politics is dirty. And, and it's it's only gotten worse. It continues to get worse and worse and worse. I don't think that we're better off now than we were 20 years ago. It just continually is getting dirtier and nastier. And some of this, of course, is my eyes were open to it. I didn't pay attention when I was younger. I didn't really care. Uh, since then, I, I listen every day. And, I, and I've said, I listen to conservative radio, so I'm getting one side of it. I understand that. And listen, I don't agree with everything that conservatives say. Uh, I do tend to 
feel as though I am more conservative. Um, but, you know, I'll just give you an example. Uh, Dan Bongino, I listen to him every day. Sometimes I like what he has to say. Other times I, I disagree. And one thing that I strongly disagree with him on is one of his sayings, or he calls them golden rules, is that uh, Republicans may not be the answer to all your problems, but I can guarantee you that Democrats are the cause of all your problems. No, I disagree. I, I wholeheartedly disagree. I don't think either side can be responsible for all your problems because ultimately I, I was very successful under Obama. I, I continued to now the situation was different. Uh, I was coming out of high school. And so naturally you go from working at a place like Hy-V and I went to work at an ethanol plant. I eventually, I made it to a fabrication shop. And so I continually worked on myself and I continually got better. That, that had nothing to do with the Republicans helping me, but it also, any struggles that I had wasn't the Democrats that were doing it. Ultimately, you have to take responsibility for your life. And if you're having problems, you need to give them to the Lord. Now, I I was finding success, and the Lord was with me, even though maybe I wasn't paying that much attention to Him. It wasn't that I wasn't a believer. I was I've been a believer my whole life, but when it comes to actually digging into the Bible, that's a more recent type of thing. Within the since since I met my wife, uh, she really has helped me to grow my faith by. Uh, wanting, you know, asking me to go to church, which I was all for. It wasn't like it was really twisting my arm to go to church, but, um, you know, I, I still wasn't really looking for a church. I wasn't looking on digging more into the Word and, and getting building that relationship uh, with with Christ. <clears throat> So, like I said, I just I just don't agree. I don't. Politicians can make your life harder. Yes, I can agree to that. Policy can have an effect on your everyday life. Uh, I know some people don't agree, but you look at some of the energy policies that we have now versus the last administration, and you can look at the gris, the gas prices and the inflation, and obviously that has an effect on you. Uh, and I'm not trying to blame. Joe Biden on, on any of that either. Uh, not all of it. I, I shouldn't say any of it. I, I do feel politicians have some blame, some responsibility when it comes to the economy and your policy has a major effect on that. Obviously, Biden has very different policies than Trump. And, and something I, I kind of want to address when it comes to Trump, I think I've I've been asked before, how come so many Christians support Trump because I mean, let's be honest, Trump is not a model Christian by any means. Um, but when it comes to politics, none of them are good people. <laughs> I, I shouldn't say none of them. I'm sure there's a few that are pretty good, but it's a rarity, unfortunately. 
I didn't support Trump because of his character. I know his character is flawed. I know he's not a great person. However, the policies made things easier to be successful. Um, not, I mean, I'm not, not that he was perfect on his policy either, but his policies made it easier than what the policies that I see coming out of this administration. Now, with that being said, I don't hate anyone who is a Biden fan. I, I think the beauty of this country is that we can disagree. It just used to be that we could disagree and still be friends. And a lot of the people that I know, we can still do that around here in Iowa. You can still do that fairly, especially up in uh, the part of Iowa that I'm in. I know probably if you get down into more of the big city areas, the Des Moines and Iowa City, where they tend to be a little more liberal, it may not, they may hate each other a little more. Up here, it's not so bad. Um, you know, especially not anything like it is when you listen to the radio or, or watch the news. Um, but look, our, our country was set up to be the best place that's ever existed since Eden. I know that's kind of hyperbolic. Uh, I'm certainly, I'm biased. I, I mean, I live here and I live in Iowa, which is, I love it. I love Iowa. Not huge on the winters here. The weather can kind of be annoying, but overall, Iowa's a wonderful place. And I have so much more freedom and opportunity just because I was born in this country than than anywhere else in the world. Uh, it, you know, other places in the world have a lot of cool things that are fun to visit, but there's no place like here. Uh, even with times being difficult right now and with there being polar opposites and we're so polarized and we're so divided, this place is still the best place there is. And so I don't know if one side or the other is trying to destroy this country or if they just have ideas and they're not working. I'm I'm going to I'm going to count on the fact that uh, of what uh of what Romans 8:28 said that he he works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called to his purpose. He's got a plan. And as Christians, ultimately we should be leading the way even if we're not obviously the most important thing is is to get to Jesus, but even if we can start by just being kind, gently instructing our opponents and taking things that way and making our stands that way, not getting in shouting matches, being, like I said, kind, maybe we can slowly start to turn things around and bring people back together so that we can have a country to, that we can all live together and function together. Because right now it's not functioning very well. Like I said, we're still the best place in the world, but 
things aren't as, as great as they were even when I was growing up. And like I said, some of that is probably because I just didn't pay attention as a kid. Who does? I mean, no kid other than maybe Chad Thompson. I remember him being pretty big into politics, even in like second grade. But, uh, most of us, we don't care about politics. It doesn't, we don't think it affects us at all until you're an adult and you start paying taxes and you start living life as an adult. And then you start to figure out that ultimately I don't care if it's Republicans or Democrats, the government should be as small as possible and still function. I mean, that's just my opinion. I know there's people that need help and those people that need help. Look, ultimately if the church did what, if and that by the church, I don't mean the buildings. I don't mean actual churches. I mean, God's people, us. If we all did what we were supposed to do, we wouldn't need the government to have welfare programs because we would take care of it. That's a hard ask. I know a lot of people are very generous when it comes to the churches, and the churches do a fantastic job uh, of supporting important things. Uh, But it's just not enough right now. And so, therefore, unfortunately, the government steps in the gap and the government doesn't do things very efficiently. Uh, You know, they're spending not their money uh, and they're not spending it on them. They're spending it on somebody else. So they don't care about quality and they don't care about cost. And it just, therefore we're over $31 trillion in debt. So if we want things to change, it's gotta be us. And I think, I really think, Christians, in particular young Christians, are going to be the ones who can make a difference. I don't know if that means that eventually we run for office or if we just help to support better candidates. Uh, And and I'm not talking about necessarily this cycle. I know that's a huge thing that everybody's talking about, that we have bad candidates. But let's be honest. Every candidate that's out there right now is terrible on both sides because we've got people who want power. Period. I mean, it, that's just just the truth. People want power, and when you want power, you probably shouldn't have it. We need people who really don't want to run. They don't want to be in that position. However, they have been pushed by good people who care about their city, their county, their state, and, of course, their country. And they do what they have to, and they do things for the betterment of all whatever level they're at, uh, and then they get out. Because look, when when you spend, and this is on both sides, clearly, when you spend decades in politics, you're not there necessarily doing it because you're doing things to be, to help. You're doing it because you enjoy the power. And that means you just shouldn't be there. So I think I've rambled on plenty long enough. <laughs> um, I don't know if, if that was all helpful as far as uh, seeing what the Bible has to say about authority. I, I think the big takeaways, of course, are that ultimately God's in control. He's always in control. He always has a plan. He's working things. He puts people in charge or he sometimes doesn't put them in charge per se. He allows them. You know, if if he doesn't want somebody in charge, he will make sure that they don't get in charge. Um, 
for the mo- I I don't know. There, that's a hard thing because there's obviously been some very terrible leaders that have come around from history. I can't give you a good answer on that other than just trust, trust that uh, he has a plan. Uh, you know, Hitler was an abomination on this earth, but ultimately what re- resulted from it was the state of Israel. Uh, they had somewhere to go again. The Jews did. So that's a, I, I don't know that too many people would say it was worth the Holocaust, but I guess you can take a minor uh, bit of gratitude towards the fact that the rest of the world saw this as an abomination and, and felt the need to create the state of Israel. It shouldn't have come to that, but bad things happen. Um, I would go back and listen maybe to my Romans eight twenty eight daily scripture and, and listen to the answer that, that that was in that episode because uh, I really liked that. I thought that was just fantastic. It wasn't mine, but uh, so anyways, just keep your heads up. Um, I, I know probably both sides of the aisle weren't real enthused with the elections uh, just this last Tuesday, um, you know, because Democrats ultimately are likely losing the House um, and Republicans felt they should have won it bigger. So once again, you're striving after the wrong thing. Uh, Republicans and Democrats are striving for power when we should be striving to please God and to grow that relationship with God. And therefore, they're not finding joy. (laughs) Both sides are going to be upset. And uh, ultimately, both sides are hurting the country. So, uh, like I said, keep your chin up and continue to build that relationship with God and be that light on a hill, uh, be the salt and you be different, you know, make people be able to see you and see that something's different. And, um, maybe then they'll come to you and ask what, you know, what changed, what, what's, why are you so at peace when everything's falling apart? And you can tell them because God's got a plan and I'm, Looking forward to seeing what it is and what my part is in it. So, all right. Um, I think we should go ahead and pray quick to finish this out. And uh, so, yeah, just join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for this place that we call home here in America. It's such a such an amazing country. It's It's truly incredible that the the foresight that our founding fathers had we thank you that we were given the opportunity to live here and uh, that here in america we have the the right to worship you openly and we pray that that right never goes away we pray that you be with all of our officials we know that you have the power to put people in charge and to remove them. And ultimately we just want your influence over them and that we can strive as a country to be 
more in line with what you wish and what your will is and, and the things that you know are good for us and for the world. Help America to be a, a help on, for the rest of the world and not not something that can drag other countries down. Help us to be an example. And Lord, uh, as Christians, just just help us to be different from the world and to be visibly different and noticeably different and that we can draw others in by that difference and just continue to help give us strength, help us to be the leaders that we need to be, help us to find leaders who don't just want the power but want to actually help. And we pray all this in your name. Amen. Well, thanks for sticking around with me. I know this one was a long one. I, I was looking forward to doing it. And uh, look, as always, be kind to one another. Until next time. Mm-hmm.